Welcome to the Bacon Games Podcast, your source for the latest from the MLB and the NFL. Let's get started with your host, Jesse. Hey, howdy ho, what's up? It's me, your boy, uh, Jesse, JD, whatever, whatever y'all call me these days, or whatever I'm getting called. Um, it's just me again, as you know if you've listened to the last episode. I'm gonna go over my ranks this episode, my fantasy football ranks, my final August ranks. You know, these would be the ones that people, if they want to use them, will probably be able to use them for the drafts in the upcoming week or two. I may update them again, like I stated on the website just because of injuries and stuff like that, but these are pretty much it. I've gone through the whole summer, rewatched a lot of film, I've looked at my old takes, done everything I can, I've absorbed new information, you know, I don't really pay attention to the preseason, so I don't give a fuck about whatever the fuck happened there, um, except for injuries, obviously, again, but that's kind of like a weird caveat, because obviously injuries matter. Uh, but basically, yeah, I am going to go through these ranks today, going to go through them the best I can. There might be some pauses in between, as I just record quarterbacks, then running backs, then wide receivers, tight ends, etc. But I'll, I'll see how far I get with each one. Uh, and the first thing I really do want to say about ranks is that I kind of hate them. I don't really use them too much when I'm looking at, or when I'm drafting, or when I'm looking at players like that. I just know guys that I want in certain rounds or certain ranges, and that's where I take them. So the reason why I think this podcast is actually really important because is because if you just look at my ranks and you just see them, and even though they're tiered and I'm going to go through them based on the tiers, you can kind of tell about where I like these guys, but I think you need more explanation generally. And I don't really have good writing, good penmanship, good writing. I, I'm, I'm not a great writer. Uh, I think I'm a better orator for sure, so I just like talking them out. So that's what we're going to do today. Uh, the format that every single one of these ranks are in is half-point PPR, one-quarterback leagues, just probably like a little deeper than normal roster. So I like to get you know some of the guys that I like a lot better, especially wide receivers and running backs. A little bit higher if they have a little bit more upside, so you can probably draft them at the end of your drafts. Uh, but basically, that's it. I'm just going to run through how I feel about each guys. We're going to go through them tier by tier, and uh, you can just hear my ranks audibly and then hear a little bit more explanation from me. If that sounds good, we are going to get started. And I am going to start with quarterbacks, obviously. Um, first tier is Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Kyler Murray. I don't think that's very controversial at all. Um... Mahomes needs to throw like 50 touchdowns again to be the quarterback one, but he's a pretty safe top tier quarterback, so that's why he's there. Lamar and Kyler are in the top for pretty much the same reason. Uh, Kyler has a really good receiving core, which is nice uh, to see. I, I like I like Rondo Moore enough. I like Kirk enough. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is better than any Lamar Jackson has ever thrown to his entire life, so he's kind of up there a little bit more than he should be, but Lamar Jackson's legs, Kyler Murray's legs, the fact that they don't get hurt when they slide, the fact they don't get hit when they slide is super important for the longevity, which is different than Josh Allen. I, I just, I love these quarterbacks, and they're in my top tier. I'll take them all I can. Lamar Jackson's, what, two years removed from an MVP season? If he gets to a thousand rushing yards, he's a lock for a top 10 quarterback. I, I, I feel similarly about Mahomes. He's a lock for a top five, top 10 quarterback. These guys are going to be great when they're on the field, and they're safe, and I like that. Kyler's a little bit more of a wild card. I have him up there because the legs. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I like Cliff Kingsbury. The offensive line got better with Ronnie Hudson. I, I like a lot what I'm seeing. All right, let's move on to tier number two. Russell Wilson is number four. Matt Stafford, number five. That's a big one. Dak Prescott, number six. Then Aaron Rodgers, number seven. That's the end of my tier two list. I think Russ is pretty chalk. Dak is pretty chalk. Rodgers, 
Yeah, whatever. Russ and Dak, I don't really talk about. You know where they are. They've got a great receiving group. They've got everything I need. Now, Matt Stafford, obviously, is a little high here. He's my number five quarterback. Basically, I think it comes down to this. You can get him pretty easily in drafts. He's he's going to go after guys like Burrow, Allen, Rogers, probably after Herbert, Hurts, Brady, uh, maybe Hurts or Brady is in that range or ever like that, but I'm taking him early. I'm taking him higher because he is a different Matt Stafford than he was when he was Stat Padford, which is not great for fantasy, whatever you want to call it, but he's going, he's has the best coach he's ever coached with, the best receiving core he's probably ever had outside of Megatron, but you know, there wasn't much outside of Megatron anyway, and that's kind of why he had to be Stat Padford because he would just throw the ball to Megatron and he'd pull it down. But obviously, this is a different Matt Stafford. Uh, we've got... I, I like Van Jefferson. Tutu Atwell can be okay. can be a field stretcher. Sean Jackson there, who I don't know how long he's going to play, or I can see him being like a midseason retirement. But uh, obviously, the two wideouts in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, the best you've seen. Best offensive line I think he's had maybe his entire career. Everything just points straight up. And I love the McFay system. I mean, if he could turn, uh, you know, Jared Goff, who's going as, like, 30th-ranked quarterback into, like, a top-10 quarterback, a top-12 quarterback, you know, just a year ago or year, two years ago, um, I wonder what he can do with Matt Stafford. I feel like it's going to be good. Now, Aaron Rodgers is number seven because the touchdown rate was insane last year. He needs to be bumped down a little bit, but, man, I can't drop him any lower than this if I wanted to because he never throws interception. What's his high interception uh, for, for a year, like, seven, five, maybe even? He, he just he doesn't kill you. And I love that. And maybe some of the wide receivers take a next step. You know, it's Lazard's third or fourth year. Uh, I want to say third year. I don't hate... Oh, God, do they draft Cornell Powell or do they draft the other guy who is, like, the same dude? No, I think Cornell Powell went to Kansas City. I forget who they got. Shoot, he's, like, a third-round pick, whatever. I, I I didn't hate... Oh, Amari, Amari Rogers. Amari Rogers. that's it. I like Amari Rodgers. Um, there's some other... There's some good stuff here. You know, obviously, they have one great receiver. I, he, he's, he seems pretty safe to me. He won't kill you, but I don't want to take him too high. Like, I see him going, like, one, two, three, four, five. I'm probably a little bit out on that. Um, Dak's shoulder worries me a little bit, so I moved him down uh, below Stafford, but I still think it's pretty chalk. All right, moving on to Tier 3. We've got Josh Allen, number 8, Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady. And that's the tier break. Um, no quarterback number 1 has finished, I don't think, better than 8th in the past, like, six years, so I moved Josh Allen there, because I'm also not a huge Josh Allen fan. For fantasy, it's a little bit different, because the first half of the year, or first quarter of the year, he was pretty bad on film, like, really bad on film. I, I, it's almost indescribable how bad he was compared to how good he was at the end of the year, so there is there is some bad tape on film, for sure, but he does have Stefan Diggs. He does have Cole Beasley, who actually really, really works with him super well. He throws this hard cannon, Josh Allen does, and Cole Beasley can catch it like I don't think a lot of slot receivers could, to be honest. And I don't like Cole Beasley as a person, but he, him and Josh Allen are really good together. So there's no denying that. Like, I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'm not going to deny that, uh, even if I don't like a player, but that is what it is. Yeah, so I'm not breaking Josh Allen. I'm not going to get him. That's fine by me. I don't really want him. I think he could regress. I think he could throw a lot of interceptions. He also runs very different than Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. Runs way more like a running back who's looking for contact, which is cool. It helps win games. It, it's good to, you know, show that grit, show that aggressiveness, but it's going to get you hurt. I don't want that Josh Allen arm to hurt because it's a pretty dang good arm. Uh, so he worries me. Uh, Joe Burrow is my next on here. I love Joe Burrow. Uh, he's the best quarterback in last year's draft class by far. It's not close for me. He was good. Very, very good, in fact, when he was with uh, Cincinnati to start the year even. Uh, honestly, his, his games were really impressive. They threw the ball a lot. and pretty sure they didn't have Joe Mixon for most of that stretch, but, you know, fact check me on that if y'all need to. 
But basically, Burrow's going to take the next step. I'm not worried about the injury. He can still be if he can still be a mobile guy with the injury, which I, I think he can be. Uh, he'll he'll be very good. He'll he'll give you modest numbers on the ground. You know, kind of like Trevor Lawrence a little bit. You know, they'll give maybe 200, 300 yards on the ground, maybe. Um, and then look at what Cincinnati did. They added Jamar Chase, who you know I think might be a bust this year. Or I think actually is going to be a bust this year. But it'll be helpful for him to have another good receiver who isn't AJ Brown or AJ Green, not AJ Brown. AJ Brown would be insane. AJ Green on the sideline. And I think T Higgins takes the next step. Tyler Boyd's not a bad uh, bad player. They've got a lot of good players around Burrow, and they're going to throw the ball because that defense is super not fixed at all. Uh, so high volume combined with good receivers, combined with number one overall pick, an insane prospect, the best quarterback I've ever scouted. Still feel like I saw that in the NFL, even though there was some adjustments, some, some growing pains. But yeah, Joe Burrow is it. I love him. Uh, he's going to go top 10 for the, most of the rest of his career, I think, so might as well get in there early, you know what I'm saying? All right, now we have Ryan Tannehill. Julio Jones stay healthy for the rest of the year. Ryan Tannehill could be a top five quarterback. If they run the ball to Eric Henry like they have in the past, and the defense is really stout, Ryan Tannehill will probably be like a top 15 quarterback, and, and I'll be wrong on this. I just think there's a very, very big wide range of outcomes here. But they kind of did it both last year. The defense was terrible for Tennessee, so I'm not expecting that to happen, because I still think the defense, at least on paper, was a lot better than it was last year. Or, I'm sorry, on film. It looked better on paper. Like, they have some pretty good names. And I thought it was better on film than it was showing up statistically, so I think they take a rebound there. But it really all depends on, you know, if they're running Derrick Henry a lot. And if they don't run Derrick Henry a lot, he could be a bust, too. There's a lot of variance going on with Tennessee. They have a pretty good line still. I think probably top 10, definitely above average. So probably top 10. Top 12 for sure. There's a lot of variants here, but I like Ryan Tannehill. I like what he can give you. I, he's been a good quarterback ever since he's been in Tennessee. He honestly was a pretty, even a good quarterback in Miami. So, yeah, I'm not moving him there. He's a solid option in the end in a one-quarterback league. I'll take him as I starter, no problem. Take him to the end of the draft. I'll do it all day. Or even earlier if I have to. Uh, next one's Brady to round out the tier. Uh, he might have the best wide receiver group in the NFL. If Antonio Brown could stop fighting people, that would be great. He also has two good tight end options, I think, if you include Gronk in that, because OJ Howard is one of those. Um, and he's got, what, Geo in the backfield? Possibly. Lenny can catch the ball in the backfield, too. I mean, this this Tampa Bay team is insane. There are no holes anywhere in this team, and they've got backups on backups on backups to do everything. The offensive line was pretty healthy last year. Uh, hopefully that's the same case this year, because Brady really has had some great offensive line. Uh, over his career. And New England is a wizard with that kind of stuff. And I mean, Tampa Bay was really good last year too. Top two. I think the Browns were better last year, but Tampa Bay was really, really good last year. Hopefully that continues. Brady isn't really too mobile, but he's still pretty good in the pocket. And nevertheless, uh, he, he might be even, he's definitely safer than Tannehill. He's probably safer than Burrow. He's definitely safer than Josh Allen. Uh, there aren't a lot of things going wrong besides maybe the age, but we've never ever seen it with Tom Brady. So honestly, who the fuck cares? Don't ignore that pretty much. I I like Brady a lot. There's no reason he can't be your starting quarterback. All right, moving on to the next tier, which is a bit longer one. We've got Jalen Hurts, number 12, then Tua Tungavailoa, Matt Ryan, Justin Herbert, and Ben Roethlisberger at 16. Uh, Jalen Hurts, again, I could see him actually being, well, maybe not again, but he's a wide variance of outcomes, obviously. I watched, I rewatched the film recently, by recently, I mean like two months ago. I was trying to look into it. I, I don't know what to make of him, which is why he's not higher, but man, he, he could literally be the number one quarterback in fantasy, and I would not be surprised, which is why he's ranked this high. There's so much upside. But I mean, the downside is he's a terrible passer, which is possible because he showed a lot of that, especially in that Dallas game, man. I, I don't know what happened, but he was really good and then really bad. The throwing game, 
I question. The running game, though, especially if they were on that option with Miles Sanders a lot like they were in that Dallas game, and once he, you know, took over the reins for a game or two, I don't think there's any stopping him from having, like, a 1,000 yards on the ground. If he's a 1,000 yards on the ground, he's probably top 10, not even 12. So, there's just a lot to be seen here, and I, just, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with Hurts, but I'm going to take him. I've taken him in a lot of best ball leagues already. I'm going to take him, see where this wild ride takes me, you know? Uh, next one's Tua. I love Tua. <laughs> I uh, think he's probably a worse quarterback, and uh, a fantasy quarterback than he is an NFL quarterback, though, because he doesn't, or at least last year, he didn't really try the deep ball as much, but I wonder if that is because of the hip injury. You know, you really need to plant, turn your hips, do a lot of stuff that's not just your arm when you want to throw deep balls, especially. So I'm wondering if that's an issue. I mean, they have Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Parker. These are deep ball guys, and I don't think they would have brought them in if they weren't confident into his arm strength and his ability, personally, at least. But, I mean, Waddle can do other things, obviously, and so can Fuller. Fuller's a complete receiver, in my opinion. But that being said, I love all those guys. You know, Waddle's my number one receiver. Or I love Will Fuller a lot more than most people do. Dante Parker's still there. Jakeem Grant can do things. There are a lot of good weapons here. He looked great in that preseason game with, with Gaskin. And like I said before, I don't really take into account preseason games that much. But, I mean, yeah, it was, it was fun to see Tua slinging it and, and doing it with uh, with Gaskin. If Gaskin's involved in the passing game and he looks as good as he did in that game, which I don't really, you know, question or I don't, I don't really think that that'll happen, it, it'll it'll be exciting to see uh, where this offense can go. The defense, I think, will regress a little bit because that just has happened with defenses. They were very healthy last year, too. Xavier Howard, I don't really know what's going on with him. Byron Jones is bad, but I expect him to be a lot better this year because he was one of my favorite free agents of that class. Uh, so... Yeah, two is going to be good. I, I think there's a lot of upside there. You know, we saw him with a hip injury. We didn't see a lot of him as much as we liked to last year. But quarterbacks, you know, give me your off or give me give me your break when their first year co coming in. I, I'm going to do that. I know a lot of people don't do that now because they're impatient. But I'm doing it. I still believe in Tua very much more than Herbert, and I like him there. So we're taking him. My Ryan, Matt Ryan, number fourteen, solid, safe quarterback. Um, not much to say. You know who Matt Ryan is. He lost to Julio Jones, but Julio only played in like seven games last year. And I'm not sure how many of those were 100%. And they had Kyle Pitts, who is a great receiver, as long as he gets to, you know, catch the ball and isn't blocking it in line as much as he might be. But I just don't know about that. So whatever, we'll talk about Pitts when we get there. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, Matt Ryan's a solid quarterback. That's why he's in the middle of my rankings. Very solid. Just Herbert's a 15, obviously a surprise to a lot of people towards the end of my tier four ranking. I just don't think he's a good quarterback. I expect a lot of regression from him. He has a lot of bad throws. I don't think decision-making is very good. He has a good deep ball arm, which can be helpful for, helpful for fantasy. And Keenan Allen really bails him out, and Austin Eckler can really bail him out. But I feel like we are kind of kind of like Josh Allen, where I care more about the talent around him than I care about his talent, because the talent around him is very good. Mike Williams I don't think is very good, but he should connect with him with that deep ball. That should happen. I think Mike Williams is having a tough career, man. He... I want him to be better, and I kind of just gave up on him last year, but maybe I'm giving up too soon, because I think they're a kind of good match, Herbert and him, honestly. Uh, you know, Herbert had a lot of gut and big touchdowns and a lot of broken stuff that I think happened with him last year. I just don't think he's a very good quarterback, and I expect a lot of regression. So that's why I have him ranked like that. You know, if you ever want to debate me on that stuff, I'm always interested. I've, I've debated people on Twitter a bunch of this. I've talked to people on Twitter a bunch of this. But... Yeah, I just, I, I'm not moving on Herbert. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback this year. Maybe he'll be a little bit higher next year. Maybe I'm a little bit wrong. Maybe he shows some stuff that I hadn't seen in the past, but he's getting a new coach too, and he's had that for pretty much every single one of his career, uh, every single season of his career, and he just had a career year last year. So bringing a new coach doesn't seem very good for Justin Herbert's development. I don't know if people are realizing that are talking about that, but hey, it is what it is. All right, rounding it out is Ben Roethlisberger. I'm going to lay this one out real, real simple for y'all. This the most simple you can get. If you're ranking Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, 
or Chase Claypool, or you're drafting those guys in round like five through nine, I, there's no way you can't rank, rank Roethlisberger as a high quarterback. There's no way. Minimum of 500. Uh, I, I want to say minimum of 530, maybe 520 uh, passes, attempts a year. Um, and, and this time, I hope the line is a little bit better, although it might have just gotten worse. Which means the throws will be a lot quicker. He'll get more throws. You'll get more yardage through the air than you will through the ground. People like Najee as a receiver, and I don't hate him as a receiver too, so that should help. But he can't pass block, so I'm not sure if that's going to help or hinder Big Ben. But I want to say the defense is going to be worse, but I don't know if that's true. I hate their cornerbacks. I don't think they're as good as people say they are. Joe Hayden's kind of wild or whatever. Stevie Johnson or whatever they have there. Not Stevie Johnson. That was a wide receiver for Buffalo a while ago. Is it Steven Nelson? think that's the guy i don't like their cornerbacks at all i love minka he's a great safety top five safety in the nfl they have a great line and linebacking group they traded for joe sherbert who's pretty good in coverage honestly and even if he wasn't that good with the jaguars last year he'll, he'll be a lot better with a good defensive line in front of him that's for sure but i still think the events can be worse i think Roethlisberger will throw the ball a lot i just i'm ranking those guys like i said before i'm drafting those guys in the five to eight to nine round range so roster has to be there it just it has to be who else is throwing the ball unless he gets hurt you know all right, let's move on to my tier five. Number 17 is Baker Mayfield. Then you got Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, Jared Gossman, number 20, rounding out tier five. I want to believe in Baker. I really do. I really, really, really do. But I'm just not there yet. I was there last year. I thought he would take the next, next step, or the year before, after his rookie year. I thought he'd take the next step. He'd keep moving on. Um, Baker's really, really good in... Honestly, uh, I'm sorry, rolling out a uh, play action after rolls over play action, you know, the field is separated, which is kind of like what you do with rookies, you know, you know, get rid of half the field so you only have to, you know, look at half the field. It's really kind of cringe and doesn't make you a good quarterback, but he's the best quarterback on play action I've seen uh, that I've scouted for film. And maybe that's also because of the great running backs that they have. People really want to commit to the running game because they're so good and they've got such a good block blocking group, especially for the run. But Baker's a fine quarterback. I'm taking him in two quarterback leagues, no problem. I just don't think you want him to start because I, I'm not sure he has the chemistry with Odell. I'm not sure how good Jarvis Landry is anymore as a safety blanket. Maybe Donovan People Jones takes over, or we finally see a breakout from Higgins, but I'm not betting on it. And plus, the Cleveland defense is really good. They've got a great running game. I don't think they need to throw as much, you know? All right, moving on to Kirk Cousins. Unvaxxed. Kind of worries me. I. Hope he plays all 17 games, but I think the defense will be much improved. I think the offensive line is going to be much improved. I hope they lean on Dalvin or Madison if Dalvin gets hurt, which I think will happen more than last year. I don't know if there's, I don't know if Thielen's as good as he was in the past. I don't know if his weapons are that good. I expect a little bit of regression from Justin Jefferson, obviously, because he had such an insane season. I love Justin Jefferson. Maybe not as much as everyone else, but. I'm a big fan of Justin Jefferson. I've been one. He's my top three receiver coming out of the 2020 NFL draft, okay? Big fan. But I just, I I, I was higher on Kirk before the vaccination stuff did, did lower him a little bit for me with, you know, the, the protocols that they have to go through. And I know that happened apparently to Ryan Tannehill, but I didn't realize he was unvaccinated. And now that he's already through that, hopefully, hopefully that doesn't fuck with him in the regular season. But anyway, uh, Kirk should be good. But I think there's a ceiling, and I think his receivers aren't going to be as good as they were last year. Irv Smith might be better than he was last year. I like him okay as a as a, a tight end, but, you know, Cousins has a low ceiling. I don't think it's worth it. I think a lot of stuff happens there with regression. I think the defense is way better, so I expect Rick to throw a little bit less. All right, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. He looked 
pretty much like a rookie, and not like a good rookie in his preseason games. I didn't like the pocket presence, didn't like how uncomfortable he looked in there. Uh, maybe it's some jitters or anything like that. He was my number one quarterback, like everyone else, my number one pick. I don't think I can convince you of any other opinion. We haven't seen any game action, really, besides preseason, which, again, I don't really count. But the pocket presence stuff was a little bit weird. I will say that. It looked very different than college. It was a little weird. But, you know, you don't need to tell me much more about Trevor Lawrence. I'm not putting him any higher. He'll use his wheels a little bit. He did in the last preseason game to get a first down. That was nice to see. Did get clobbered, though. Not nice to see. I like the receiving group there. But I'm not willing to rank any rookies super high. Uh, I'm not. And honestly, there might be another rookie coming up that I might like even more. But I didn't rank in that way. But, you know, things change, you know? Uh, Rounding out is Jared Goff. Still think he's a good quarterback. Detroit has not fixed their defense, much like Cincinnati. Expect them to throw a lot. I, I don't know if Jared Goff is going to be that much worse. I know he has a lot worse weapons. But he was a pretty fine quarterback. You know, middle-of-the-road quarterback. If, if he were to be on the Rams right now, he'd be in the Baker, Roethlisberger, Herbert, Ryan range for me, for sure. And I know people will say, who is he going to throw to in Detroit? But there are some proven guys-ish there, like uh, Brashad Perryman, who, like I say, ish. You know, he had one good year in the Jets and wasn't very good there. Whatever. I love Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he's very good. TJ Hawkinson is there. You know, if we get the ball involved more with the running backs, I think that'll help him for sure. Help the offense for sure. They've got a good line. Frank Ragnall is one of the best centers in the NFL. There's a lot to like here, and you're getting him for pretty much dirt cheap. I haven't ranked a little bit higher than most people. You'll see him go like 25-30 in like a two-quarterback league. A lot of the stuff will be two-quarterback league stuff, so yeah. Um, I think I'm going to be a little bit more selective with who I talk about going forward, because I want to get through with the entire thing here, but my next year is number 21, Derek Carr, then Zach Wilson, then Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Derek Carr's a great real-life quarterback. He's like a top 10, top 15 real-life quarterback, especially after last year. What a great performance with pretty much nothing. Now he gets a lot of those receivers back, and not Nelson Aguilar, who's kind of a drop machine, wasn't very good. Okay in fantasy, but pretty bad in real life. We got Brian Edwards, we got Ruggs here. We still, uh, we still have my main man, slot receiver, has the same name as former San Diego outfielder, Hunter Renfro. That's his name. Uh, I, I like the offense there a decent amount. They brought in Kenyon Drake to possibly use in the passing game. They have Aaron Waller, who's one of the better tight ends in the NFL, probably a top five tight end, I think. I think that's how I ranked it. There's a lot of good stuff there. The defense might be better. This might be a playoff team, honestly. And with that... Derek Carr's not a bad quarterback at all. I, I think you could do a lot worse than him, and there are a lot worse quarterbacks on here. Zach Wilson is the quarterback I was re referencing before, the rookie quarterback who could be even better. Uh, he was a preseason guy I wanted to see a little bit more, too, uh, because I want to see where he's placing the ball. His ball placement in college was so immaculate, I wasn't sure if he was able to continue that. I thought I was just watching games that he had just done that, and you know, he wasn't doing that all the time, but man, that preseason game, he looked electric with the ball placement. Him and Corey Davis are going to feast. If the Jets aren't fucking stupid, they're going to actually put out Corey Davis on one side. They're going to put out, shoot, what's his name? Denzel Mims on the other side, and they're going to put Elijah, uh, Elijah Moore in the slot, and that Jets offense is going to roll because they have not fixed their defense either, especially losing Shaq Law, uh, not Shaq Lawson, Carl Lawson, and Vinnie Curry too. It really blows up Vinnie Curry. He had some health issues, and I feel really bad because, yeah, it is what it is, but uh, the pass rush, I thought would be a little more fixed, isn't. Secondary, probably isn't fixed either, even though I do like the cornerback out of, God, what, Bryce Hall. I really do like Bryce Hall. I think he's going to show show up some stuff last year. He was the only, like, one of the only Jets cornerbacks who actually played decently last year, so. Uh, but I, I digress. This is a quarterback conversation. Uh, I like the weapon Zach Wilson has, and he had that same zip, that same way to 
placed the ball pinpointed perfectly that I saw on college tape, and I'm really, really encouraged to see that. So I, I, the preseason, like I said, didn't really move me much on most of these guys, but I think Zach Wilson was like 24-4, now moved up to 22. Uh, he doesn't run, I don't think, as much as Lawrence will, which is probably, again, why Lawrence is a little bit higher. And, and Lawrence probably has a better receiving tandem there. But I think Jacksonville defense is actually better than, than the Jets. I don't know if that's a hot take, but... Whatever. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Teddy is next. He has a better receiving group than the rest of them. People forget about KJ Hamler, who was a second-round pick last year. Still a very good guy. He's still a very good player. Um, he has a, a better tight end than Detroit does, I think. I think Fan's better than Hawk, but Fan is also better at blocking. I digress a little bit. I, I, I want to have Teddy Bridgewater on a team. I think he's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's going to help the tight end a lot more in fantasy than he is you know, throwing it deep, probably. And the reason I think Denver went there is because he's, like, a safer guy and isn't going to lose in games like Drew Locke probably will. So I get it. If he was a bit more of a gunslinger, he would be a lot higher, but this is just a fair place for him. Uh, Sam Darnold could, uh, could have huge variants. I'm not really sure where to place him. I want to place him higher because I love the weapons and I love the coach, but I, I can't do it. I can't put him in front of Teddy. He might be in front of Teddy, but I can't put him in front of Zach Wilson. There's no way. Uh, Fitzpatrick, I don't know how long he's going to start, so he's there. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, will start. Uh, oh, sorry. So that was the end of Tier 6. I'm not really sure about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was good last year. He could be bad this year. He's been a gunslinger most of his career. He was retired like four years ago. I, I, I don't know. Draft him if you want, but in a one-quarterback league, he's going to be sitting there for a long time. I, I don't know what to do. Um, next 26 is Jimmy Garoppolo, Taysom Hill, Justin Fields, Carson Wentz, Mac Jones. Garoppolo will start. Not sure when Trey Lance will come in, but it might happen this season. Depending on how good Jimmy is... Though, I mean, if they're winning games, which I kind of expect them to, I think this team will rebound a lot from their Super Bowl hangover. Hopefully they won't have as many injuries as they had last year. If they're able to do that, Jimmy might stay quarterback for a long time, but it's also a very competitive division. If they slip and fall, you know, Hill might go in, or uh, Trey Lance might go in there. Mm, I'm not sure. Next up, Taysom Hill. He is my quarterback 27. I expect him to take the starting job, but that doesn't seem to be chalk, or doesn't seem to be what most people think. Uh, and whatever stupid, what's his name? Um, Jameis Winston had a good prison game versus the Jaguars, so maybe he's going to be the guy. I don't know. I kind of expect this to be back and forth. Taysom Hill, then maybe a little bit of Jameis Winston. But I will note that Taysom Hill did start all the games last year while Jameis Winston was still on the roster, and I think Peyton likes him. They paid him a decent amount. He's getting paid more than Jameis Winston. Kind of feels like he should be the starter, but... Uh, and he is a dual-threat guy, so I kind of want to have him on the team, too. But Jameis is probably better for the other wide receivers because he just heaves the ball deep and throws a lot of interceptions, but throws a lot of touchdowns, which is bad for a team, but good for fantasy. But Jason Mill runs the ball. He, he's pretty dang good at running the ball. He's not a great thrower, which is why he's ranked lower. But they don't have great wide receivers either, so as long as you're able to dump off and do that stuff, he'll be fine. Uh, Justin Fields is next. I don't know how much I like him as a quarterback, but Chicago has some pretty good receivers, pretty good uh, defense. will keep him in games where I don't think they're going to have to... I don't think the defense will dominate and I'll run the ball out with Montgomery, which I think what the Bears normally want to do because they play in Chicago. They want to have that grinding mindset. I get it. I like it. But I think Fields will probably be able to throw the ball a decent amount. He'll have Allen Robinson, who's probably the best receiver Justin Fields ever had, kind of vice versa, where Robinson has the best quarterback he's ever had in uh, probably Justin Fields and definitely in Eddie Dalton. Uh, Wentz is next and Mac Jones... I like Mac Jones a lot, but I think Cam Newton will probably get the starting job first. And then, but Mac Jones should, and if he comes in, I think he'll be good-ish. I like Jacoby Myers, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. They have some okay receivers there, some pretty good two tight ends. 
They might want to run the ball more, though, which is kind of why I have these winning guys a little bit lower. And I just came in and taped last year was so bad. It was so bad. Carson Wentz, I don't know when he's starting. I don't know if he's going to be good. I, I don't know if the offensive line's okay. <laughs> they had a COVID outbreak today. It's it's pretty tough, I think. For There are a lot of things going wrong for Wentz. He hasn't been good in like three years. So he just has to be lower on this for me. I, I'm not discounting it, though. If you want to take Wentz and you're higher on me, I don't think that's a bad call, honestly. I really don't. He'll be the starter when he's healthy, so at least they have that. And I don't think a defense is that good, especially the secondary. They might throw the ball a lot, honestly. We'll see. Uh, all right, so 31. I'm just going to read out the rest of these and then make comments where I need to. 31, Daniel Jones, uh, then Deshaun Watson, Davis Mills, Cam Newton, Trey Lance, Jacob Eason, Jameis Winston, Drew Locke, Taylor Heineke, Andy Dalton is 40, Tyrod Taylor, 41, Jordan Love, Gardner Minshew, Kyle Trask, Marks Mariota is 45, finishing out my tier list. Or, or not my tier list, I guess my, my ranking list. Um, I guess the few things I want to comment, Deshaun Watson is so low, because I don't know if he's playing, I don't know if he's going to be a healthy scratch, I don't know if he's going to get traded, I just don't know what to do with him, so I'm just kind of not drafting him until it's like the way late, late end in a two-quarterback league. Cam Newton, I don't think he'll stay the whole time, so that's why he's lower. Trey Lance, I don't think so either. Jacob Beeson might start a few games this year, depending on Wentz's health. I mean, he has a lot of freak accidents, too, and he's hurt now, so... We might see some Jacob Eason this year, or it could be someone else. Ellinger? Sam Ellinger could be the other guy, I believe. Uh, Drew Locke, I don't expect to start this year, so whatever. James Winston. It's hard to rank these season-long guys because I I just don't know when he's going to start or if he's going to start, you know? Andy Dalton will probably start, but I don't expect him to start more than four games, so probably not worth it. Jordan Love's on here. Was on a lot higher because of the Aaron Rodgers situation. I just like him as a prospect. If for whatever reason Rodgers doesn't play for a little bit, I like him. Uh, same with Kyle Trask, pretty much. Marks Merritt is an interesting one. Maybe he's gotten fixed in Las Vegas, but he was terrible for Tennessee. Absolute garbage. Uh, and I think, obviously, I think, like I mentioned before, that Derek Carr is like a billion times better than him. So I, I don't think he sees it, but it's possible. And he could be interesting there. He could run the ball. Maybe they fixed him. All right. That is the end of my quarterbacks. We're about a half hour in. That is not a good sign. <laughs> we have uh, three more to go. So let's try and run through these. Maybe this will end up being a two-parter. Honestly, it could be, but, uh, you know, fuck it, whatever. We're going on to running backs. Let's go on to it. All right. Like I said, half-point PPR, all that stuff is like that. Pretty standard. How I rank these, pretty standard scoring, except for that. All right. First tier, very small tier, is my tier one, with number one, Christian McCaffrey, and number two, Saquon Barkley. These guys should be one and two for the next two years. They were for the past two years, I think. I'm ignoring Saquon's injury history. I know he might not be ready for week one, but I believe he will be. These two guys, they ignore linemen. They ignore situation. I really think Carolina's offense is kind of built around McCaffrey anyway. But we'll see with Darnold. Maybe it's a little different. Uh, I, these guys are just studs. There's no way about it. I don't care about what offensive line they're playing. I don't care what offense they're playing on. They are uber talented and the most talented running backs in the NFL, especially McCaffrey with his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, there's just, there's no replacing him. Sorry, like, I just, I, I don't care. They're in a tier of themselves. The next one is number three, Alvin Kamara. Then Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, and Nick Chubb. Kamara number three, I think makes sense to me. He's the best receiving option on that team right now. Yeah, I mean, excluding Michael Thomas, because he's hurt, so we're excluding him. Uh, a lot of chalkier stuff with Dalvin Cook, Zeke. I like him a lot. These guys could all finish number one. I wouldn't be surprised, except for Chubb, 
who I think finishes probably around six, maybe six might even be the ceiling for him, honestly, because he gets to split with Kareem Hunt. If Kareem Hunt wasn't there, he would be the, my number one running back in the NFL. They've got a great offensive line. He's a great running back. There isn't much else to say besides that. That's kind of how I'm going to talk about most of these guys. But I, I like Chubb a lot. He, in the first round, I'm going to take him because he's a stabilizing, for, stabilizing force. I don't want to fuck up my first round and have to crawl back and lose in the draft. I don't want to lose in the draft. And Chubb is that guy who will not lose in the draft. You will not lose if you draft him in the first round. Unless he's hurt for the year, but that can happen with anyone, so whatever. Alright, next one is my tier three, and it's only one player. Can you guess who it is? I'll pause for two seconds if you want to guess. It's Derrick Henry. He's my tier three. He is alone in tier three. Because I don't know what to do with Derrick Henry. Three great seasons? Two really great seasons back-to-back. -back. I am a little bit worried about the load, the workload, but... Probably not in the traditional way that most people think about it. I think Derrick Henry needs 20 to 25 carries a game in order to be good. He has a lot of dud runs, and I don't know if that's him just wearing down the defense or him not being able to start up, because that is kind of a thing. If he gets touched in the backfield, he goes down like a, like a bag of bricks, box of rocks. I don't know if those, those expressions are correct or people use those, but that's the expression I'm using, and it makes sense. Um, Yeah, Derrick Henry, he, he needs a lot. He's like an old, like... Not steam locomotive, but an old coal locomotive. Takes a while to, you know, get up and get there. And once he's there, he's steaming along, going great. 25 miles an hour. Big boy doing it, too. Knock anything out of the way. But there comes a time where, you know, maybe they're throwing the ball more in uh, Tennessee. Because they've got Julio Jones and, you know, A.J. Brown is continuing to break out because he's probably one of the best receivers in the NFL. Ryan Tannehill is very good. The defense might not be there yet, even though I still think it'll be a good defense. Maybe he doesn't get the 20-25 carries a game he needs in order to be effective, and he's kind of ends up as like a should have been a second or third round pick. There's a lot of variance here, and he's been great, but I worry that he won't get the carries necessary for him to be as good as he's been in the past. He's also not that good in the goal line because it takes forever for him to get up to speed, and that line has to be very good. I didn't think it was going to be last year, and that's why I kind of had him as a bust, but it needs to be very, very good. And it was last year. And I hope that continues. And it looks like it will. Ben Jones was a really good center last year. I was very surprised. Has to be a good line. He's so dependent on that line. It's not funny. And I mean, he does a lot with a good, uh, with a really good line, a great line even, that most running backs can't do. I'll, I'll acknowledge that for sure. And he could be a league winner again, like he was in the past. But I had my concerns, which is why he's in a tier in and of himself. All right. Moving on to my number eight, which is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, then David Montgomery, then Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders... DeAndre Swift, and Austin Eckler rounding out at 14 on my Tier 4. It's a big tier. I think a lot of these guys fit. Uh, CEH is probably a little bit of a surprise there, but, I mean, last year he's probably drafted in the same place, right? And I think he'll be better than he was last year, because I don't expect rookies to be dominant like Justin Jefferson was, like T. Higgins was, like Jerry, uh, not Jerry Judy, he was very good last year, though, I still think, like CeeDee Lamb. You know, I don't expect these guys to come out and be the best they can ever be. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is all by himself. Is the, was the best running back, the only running back I thought in that class that should have gone in the first round. I know it was like pick 32, but he's a great receiver, and I think they could really use him there. He's the only running back they should use. He's going to have an insane share. I feel like when he was, before Le'Veon Bell, he had like a 77, 75% uh, backfield share, like snaps. It, it, it's insane. They don't have anyone there to touch him. Maybe they signed another guy in the middle of the year like they did last year, but I mean, it's definitely possible, but right now, as it stands, I don't think they will. I think they're ready to go with Clyde edwards Siller. They spent a first round pick on him. He was good last year. He was insane in the beginning of the year. Everyone wanted him. He was insane. I don't know what happened. Not that much changed for me. He's still a good running back. Still my number one running back in that class. Big fan. Hopefully he catches the ball more, which I think he can be. And that'll prepare him. that will propel him to top 10 status for sure. Moving on to David Montgomery. 
who's my running back nine. He was running back one for like the past the last like six weeks of the regular season. He's a great Chicago runner. They've got a pretty decent line. Losing Tevin Jenkins sucks, and that guy's a punisher, especially in the running game. But he's pretty good. Uh, Tariq Cohen probably won't be back for a, few, a little bit. And even while he was there, he he is a ridiculous tar- uh, percent snap share. I was going to say target share, but percentage of snap share like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire does. I want these guys who are in situations that are all theirs. And they're all so good. Dave Montgomery fits that bill just like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Just like the next guy, Joe Mixon, does. They're all pretty much the same. And they're all good running backs. Not as good as like the top guys like Zeke, Chubb, Cook, Kamara. But they're still very good running backs. And they're running the positions all of themselves. That's kind of what I want. Uh, next is Jonathan Taylor, which, you know, people think it's all by himself, but Naheem Hines was very good last year. I know quarterback is different than dump-off rivers, but I think people expect Jonathan Taylor to catch a lot of balls, and I'm not sure if that's going to be the case with Naheem Hines there. I, I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, 11's probably the highest I might ever rank Jonathan Taylor, honestly. think he's okay. I think he's pretty good. He's running behind an insanely good offensive line, which is, again, why he's up here pretty high. But, I don't know. The defense could be shaky. They might not run the ball more, but maybe they'll pass the ball with maybe they'll pass more with him there. I'm a little concerned. There, there's there's a lot of bust potential, I think, there. But I think there's a lot of good stuff there. He's a pretty good runner. Again, like I said, a very good line. If the defense is good and I'm wrong, I just really worry about the secondary and the pass rush possibly. I don't know, Quiddy Pay is okay. They got another rusher, and I forget his name. But they really need to stock up on pass rushers, and I'm not sure if they got there. I love DeForest Buckner too. Love obviously Darius. Uh there's Len- Leonard Darius Leonard, right? Whatever his name is. Um, those guys are good, but a great defense they do not have. Would like it better if they, if they have a dominant defense. Jonathan Taylor could be a top ten easy, and I'm just wrong, you know. Even though I have him eleven, but still, whatever. Miles Sanders, people don't give him enough credit. He's the only running back I carry out there. I want to say it's Kenneth Gamble is the other guy there, who I do like a decent. Is it, it's either Khalil Herbert or Kenneth Gamble? I forget which one, but I still like both of those guys. Honestly, uh, they're both good running backs, and they could spell uh, Miles Sanders, you know, kind of in the way that whatever. Who's got Boston Scott kind of did last year, I guess. But if we see that RPO happen with uh with Hertz, quarterback who I mentioned in the last segment, man, they could have a really, really good rushing attack. And I think Miles Sanders will really benefit from that. He's just a good runner, too. I I don't know why people are so scared of like above average to good running backs. Like, why do you have a version to, to a guy who has the backfield pretty much all to himself? The offensive line was really, really shaky last year. Hopefully it stabilizes. But he's a good runner. It's not like he's a bad runner. I don't think he'll win you any leagues, but he certainly isn't losing any leagues, and that's kind of why he's there. Uh, DeAndre Swift, you know, like I mentioned with Mixon, Montgomery, Edward Teller, even Sanders, in a backfield all by himself. Caught the ball a decent amount. Maybe he even gets to, like, 80 targets, or maybe even he gets to 100 targets this year. Like I mentioned before in the quarterback thing, uh, you know, there might not be that many options for uh, Goff to pass the ball with, even though I think there are more than people expect. If he dumps it off to Swift a lot, I expect that to be throwing a lot. Defense isn't fixed. We can see DeAndre Swift sneak up there. It's all by himself. He's a good second running back in that draft class. I liked what I saw in film last year. There was some stuff that I didn't like, like that big running guy against Jacksonville was all the Jacksonville defense being pretty bad. There are some worrying stuff on film, but I think he kind of figured it out a, lot, a little bit better at the end of last year. I'm kind of just hoping for him to be the second half of last year good-ish and just have the entire backfield to himself. Now, that's a that's a dicey proposition. I, I I think I'm going less off my film and more in secondary sources, what I read from people when I, you know, rather than what I see on film. So this one could be a tough one, but I'm still taking him where I can. He's going in like the fifth round. He's got like a Gorn injury, I guess, now, but I'm not worried. I don't think you should be either. All right, rounding out my tier four, a guy who's been moving up my boards a lot. And the next day I move up my board a lot too, but for another reason. 
It is Austin Eckler, number 14. Um, he could win your league, or he could be hurt by week three because he's a small guy and has only played one full season of NFL football. That's kind of what it is. He's a great receiver. He's great when he's on the field. His points per game is up there with the best of them. But he's fragile as fuck, and there are there will be other running backs that will be on the field when he's there. He's not getting an eighty percent share of the uh, of the, the the running back snaps. It, it, it just won't happen. There's no way the team should do that. There's no way the team will do that. He's been hurt every single year, except for I think the one year where he played sixteen games. Although he might have been hurt a little bit in that one. You're just hoping for him to stay healthy and for him to continue this trajectory. Herbert seemed to like him when he was on the field, and I think that's a good connection for both of them, honestly. But you're betting on health really here. And you're betting on that they want to throw to him continually. Uh, Herbert has a better deep arm than uh, half the NFL. Probably he's a pretty good deep arm. Uh, he, he can dump off the ball too, but I think they'll want to push a little bit more with him, be a little bit more gunslinger with him. And maybe Eckler doesn't fit in there. It's a new coaching staff. We'll see what it's like. But he could be a league winner. I like him a lot. And points per game is insane. And this is half point PPR that I'm ranking them in. But there's a lot of bust potential there. And like I said, I, I don't want to lose my draft in the first few rounds, and he goes in the first few rounds, so it's kind of a pain or a chore for me to take him, okay? Alright, number 15, my tier 5 is led by James Robinson, then it's Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, J.K. Dobbins, Josh Jacobs. You know, Robinson is kind of the end, maybe Chris Carson, I guess you, you could say Chris Carson, the end of the guys who have the backfield all themselves, because obviously Travis Etienne is out for the year, he went on the IR officially, and is done. Um, if you ever tell if you ever see someone saying that James Robinson is a bad running back or that volume was the only thing that mattered to him, they did not watch a single Jaguars game, or maybe they watched the last two games of the year where I will admit he wasn't as good of a runner as he had been in the beginning of the year. Um, if if they tell you he's a bad running back, they've never seen a game of James Robinson, except for maybe those last two games, like I mentioned. They've just never seen one. I don't believe I don't believe you can watch him play the game where this team is 1-15. Teams are, are zoning in on the run. They can't throw the ball for shit. They can't throw the ball deep for shit last year. And he is consistently dominating defenders, creating open space, breaking tackles with a pretty okay offensive line. You know, it's not super worrying. I think the line will be okay this year. You, you give me the same thing he had last year, he was had like an 80% share in the backfield, plus no one was even close to touching him. He was so good that he dominated the rest of those guys so bad as a UDFA. I, I, don't, I don't know what more you could want from him. He might honestly be a top 10 running back this year, and I might even be too low on him, and I, it wouldn't surprise me. I think the Jaguars passed the most in the NFL last year, too, and if you... I know he had like a... I think he was like top... 10 in carries or anything like that, but they didn't run the ball. The Jaguars team, I think they were the second, the second least amount of runs in the NFL last year. Look, I mean, I know he had a lot of carries, but maybe he's more efficient with the carries because he has less of them and he still gets to that numbers that he had last year. Like I said, he didn't look as good on film the past, the last few games. I wonder if that's fatigue. It definitely could be for UDFA who's not used to playing that many games. Honestly, it could be. If, if they cut back a little bit on the rushing attempts per game, he might even still end up with that same amount. Because uh, the same amount of yards, because he might be more efficient because he isn't being as fatigued. I think that's a logical a logical reason for that. I was high and higher or kind of in the middle. Definitely not low on him before the ETN news because I don't like ETN. But now the ETN's done, feel free to take James Robinson in the second round, in the third round, wherever you want to take him. I don't think it'll be a bad idea, to be honest. Uh, not a first round pick, though. Uh, I wouldn't take him the first round. There are a lot more running backs, like, obviously, in front of him. All right, Aaron Jones. Um, good running back, but I expect AJ Dillon to take over more. I, I really do. I know he just signed a deal, but a, a big deal in the offseason, but it's pretty much a two-year deal where they can cut, Green Bay can cut with, like, limited amount of uh, dead cap. 
So I expect a bigger role for AJ Dillon, who was a great running back. I really wish he didn't have that fucking that one game where he was insane, had like over 100 yards. And I was like, oh, AJ Dillon's good. I knew AJ Dillon was good from the beginning. I fucking knew it, man. I still think he's going to be very good. He's like a mini Derrick Henry for me. Not as good as Derrick Henry. No one will be... I don't think I'll see another Derrick Henry for another 10 years, maybe my entire life. I, I don't know. I haven't seen one since or before. Uh, maybe like... I, I, I don't know. I haven't really seriously watched football for... I've only done it for the past like five years anyway. So, you know, if we're thinking about like Jerome Bettis or, you know, um, Josh Jacobs. Not Josh Jacobs. Jacob... What's his name? They're Giants running back. God, I'm totally blanking on his name with like Ahmed Bradshaw. It, it's not... It's... Brandon Jacobs, like a big truck like that, but, you know, no one's ever done the things that Derrick Henry does. But whatever, this isn't a Derrick Henry podcast, fuck you. Uh, Aaron Jones is okay. He's Actually, he's very good, but he's in an okay situation where the line got worse, they lost their center, and his A.J. Dillon breathing down his neck, and, what is it, Kylan Hill? I even like him, too. They've got a really good stable of running backs there. No reason to just use Aaron Jones 80, 90, 70% of the time or whatever. No need. So I don't think it will be used as much. I still think he'll be using the pass uh, a lot, which is good, and that's why he isn't lower. But um, yeah, he's just he's just falling a little bit for me. Uh, Chris Carson, he probably I don't know, he's number seventeen. He, I just can't rank him in front of the other guys. I don't dislike him. I just can't do it in front of the other guys. They have more potential or are safer than him. I think he's actually pretty safe. He definitely has that job wrapped up. If you want to take him in the third round, even a fourth round, I think that's a fine pick. He's solid. He's been a little bit banged up, but I'm not really worried about Penny or. Homer or any of those guys there. He's just a solid running back that you can take, and I'm happy to do it. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, my number 18, is obviously in a very mixed scenario. We're getting to the part where we're having running backs pretty much, you know, split with dudes, so we have to deal with this as we go on. We pretty much talked about all the dudes who have the backfield to themselves, except for maybe one or two, but arguable anyway. Uh, Dobbins hopefully gets more carries and takes over more from Gus Edwards. I really hope he does. Because then he'll be a star. They run the ball a lot. They still have a good uh, line, even though they traded away one of the best linemen in the NFL. They did get Zeitler as a guard, who I like a lot, too. They brought in other players that I do like that I'm not... I don't know off the top of my head, but they brought another lineman to replace. I still like the line from what they have. I liked what they did in the draft, especially for the line. I think Dobbins is a good running back. He just, you know, his ceiling isn't very high. He's probably going to finish around... 15, 16 to 25, and that'll probably be because of injuries and stuff like that. That'll he'll move up there. I think 18 is fine for him. He's falling a little bit in drafts too, kind of kind of like DeAndre Swift. I think he was a lot juicier. I don't know why before. Maybe people just aren't talking about him before. But he's still a fine running back. Take him. He's on Baltimore who likes to run the ball. Even though Lamar does run the ball too, they like to run the ball. They have still got a very good defense. Jake Adams is a good running back. They have a great line. That, that, that's the equation they need for a running back, especially like a running back two or three. All right, to finish out the tier is Josh Jacobs, who is a top eight running back in the NFL, I believe. The line got worse. They brought in Kenyon Drake. That's why he's lower. But if it wasn't, he'd be a top 10 running back. No questions asked. It's hard for me to say anything else besides he's a great running back. And you know that because he was drafted so high last year. And the only reason he's down is because of the line and because of the signing of Kenyon Drake, which is for like two years, 12 million. But those are real things, which is why I'm lower on him. If you're a little bit higher, I don't hate it. If you want to take him the third or fourth round. I don't hate it. If he's in the fifth round, please take him. Please do. You're going to regret it so hard if you don't. I've seen him in the fifth round. But, okay. Anyway, moving on to my next tier. We have number 20, Najee Harris, 21, Antonio Gibson, Mike Davis, and Michael Carter. <laughs> I don't know if you'll see any other analyst or any other person talking about fantasy that has Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, Mike Davis, and Michael Carter next to each other or in the same tier. But I do. 
because I don't think Najee Harris is that good yet. I think he has a lot of stuff that is pretty okay, can be worked on, can be improved, especially his moves, his run running ability moves, his pass log needs a lot of work. I just don't expect rookies to come in and dominate like people do. I think McFarlane still has a shot. I think if they bring another running back, even Balazs, I think those guys still have a shot. I expect Pickford to throw the ball a lot. If they're throwing the ball a lot, maybe it is to Harris, or maybe it's not because he can't block. I think we'll see some rookie pains from him. I still think he could be a good running, especially going forward. On that Pittsburgh team, they improve the line. They keep going with that stuff. They keep the defense good. He might, he'll probably be a top 10 running back next year or the year after or something like that. I, I, I do like him in the future, for sure. He was my second third running back on my big board. I like the potential a lot. But if you're just looking at the statue, you see like that whatever, 18, 24, I don't remember how many touchdowns he had, like a shit ton of yards. I don't think he manufactured those. I think it was a lot of the Alabama line, the Alabama being that good, Alabama having other good weapons to pay attention to. I'm not so sure that he was doing that a lot of himself. I think those stats were really misleading last year. And I think it leads people to believe that he's the best running back in this draft class, which I don't think he is. Um, Antonio Gibson, I think people are dragging him super high because he scored a lot of points last year. He was a hard-nosed runner, and they think he's going to catch the ball because he's a converted wide receiver. But J.D. McKissick is still there. He had over 100 targets last year. And I think those targets will definitely come down for both of them because we don't have Alex Smith. We don't have... Did Kyle Allen even get starts last year? We don't have dink and dunk guys like they did last year for Washington. We don't have those guys. Dwayne Haskins, whatever, he was terrible. Um, and th that being said, people are raising him because they expect him to catch more. I think there'll be less balls to catch, and McKissick is still there. I don't hate Gibson as a runner. I think he's pretty hard-nosed. I think he can break some tackles, which is nice. Washington has a very good offensive line. He could be higher than this, for sure. But I think the real thing why he is a lot higher than this is because he's catching the ball long, which I don't expect to happen for him, and that's why he's low for me. Uh, he's not in a backfield all by himself, and, you know, Mike Davis and Michael Carter might actually be, but we'll talk about that in a second, and maybe even, whatever, I'll talk about those later. But... Gibson just, he doesn't, he, he's not doing it for me. There are better running backs that you can take in front of him. Don't hate him. Just think fantasy community is a little bit too high on him. Anyway, Mike Davis is a guy who probably has the entire backfield under his control. He's another guy that, if people say he's a bad runner and they just mention that he's been a journeyman forever, he's 28, 27, he's never been able to beat out running backs before, he was backing up Christian McCaffrey before, he was on the Bears before, backing up good running backs. I don't know what to tell you. He finally got a shot, and he proved himself. What more could you ask for him? Honestly, what, I don't know what else. He was good at catching the ball, which he could do in Atlanta. He was good at running the ball, which he can do in Atlanta. He's got a better line in Atlanta. There's no one else in Atlanta. It, it, what, are you looking, what are you worried about? They cut the UDFA that people thought Javion Hawkins were going to take over for him. They cut him. There's no one that is going to beat out Mike Davis unless, you know, after all the cuts, they could bring in someone else. But even if they do, there's no one as good as Mike Davis. I don't care that he has a late breakout. I don't care. He's he's the exception. There are a lot of exceptions to these rules where it's like late breakouts are dumb. On film, he was great last year. He's going to a better situation this year. I'm excited for him. You should be too. All right, Michael Carter finishes out this tier. And I think he's Jets starting running back. He was my second favorite rookie in this draft. He can catch the ball, which will be really important because no one on the Jets, Tevin Coleman, Michael P. Ryan, Ty what is it, Johnson, right? He, he's a jag. None of them catch the ball like Michael Carter can. And if he has that role, and if he can get, you know, split a decent amount of time with the rest of those guys, you know, have more of a percentage of the pie than the rest of them, just like he did in college with uh, Javante Williams, he is absolutely going to be a starting running back, and he's going to put up numbers. Even with the lack of carries, he can still do it. He did in college. I believe he can do it in the NFL. The Jets don't have a bad offensive line. I think they'll have a pretty good offense this year. And if he's the guy catching the ball... When we all know the Jets are going to be down because they haven't fixed their defense and they already lost two key defensive pieces, or at least one key defensive piece. 
he's going to catch the ball. He's going to be very valuable. Don't sleep on Michael Carter. He, he, he was up. He was down. He was down again. He needs to be back up. You need to take him in your drafts if you can before pick 80. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Uh, next here, starting with 24, is Daryl Henderson, Javante Williams, Miles Gaskin, Melvin Gordon, and Kareem Hunt. Start with Henderson. PFF likes him. I like him, too. They brought in Sonny Michel, so I lowered him a little bit, because I still think Sonny Michel has some gas left in the tank, for sure. May take a little bit for him to catch up the playbook for McVay to be, you know, comfortable with him playing, but the reason why I have Daryl Henderson not higher... Because it could be higher, is that I still think the plan was always to split with him, and I think that's fine. I think he'll take the lion's share of the carries, but there'll still be a decent amount of split. He'll get like 50%, 60% maybe. He's dealing with what, a finger injury now. I'm not worried about that at all. He's a good running back. He's in a good system. I think Sonny Michel is... Uh, I can also say the same thing about Sonny Michel, except that Henderson knows the playbook. He's been with the team longer, and I think he's probably a better player right now. Don't see about Henderson. You know, these Memphis running backs have been... Pretty good, right? I'm pretty sure he's Memphis, right? Is that Henderson? God, I'm gonna double check that right now because I don't I don't wanna fuck that up. Uh yeah, he did go to Memphis. Good. Okay, just making sure. Oof, not crazy. Alright, next up I have Javante Williams, who is my number one running back uh for this draft class, if you didn't know that. I love what I saw at UNC. He just unfortunately isn't gonna supplant Melvin Gordon until probably the end of the year. They will split uh, I'll talk about Melvin Gordon too here now. They'll probably spit split a decent amount. And it'll be fun, because Javante Williams was good in a split running back, just like Michael Carter was. Maybe it'll give him more juice. Maybe he'll have a higher run per attempt than he would if he was the sole back, which will be nice. Melvin Gordon is kind of a plotter in his older age, you know, but he's still a fine running back. He's still very valuable, I think, to this Denver team that's going to want to run the ball and not turn the ball over because they've got a great defense. Uh, expect a lot of work for both of them. They're kind of interchangeable. I think Melvin Gordon will be more valuable at the beginning of the year. Javante Williams will be better at the end of the year. But I like both of them a lot. Miles Gaskin is 26, sandwiched in between number five, 25, Javante Williams, and 27, Melvin Gordon. Um, I I want to say Miles Gaskin is going to be good. I like the film. I think the blocking is going to be a lot better. Like I mentioned before, Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson, they had a lot of rookies on the line last year that didn't perform super well. They got a lot of experience, and they were high picks, and I think they're pretty good players. So hopefully the line is better. I think Miles Gaston is number one, but I don't think you can count out Malcolm Brown, Salvin Ahmed getting involved a decent amount, which is why he's not higher. I don't think he has the backfield solely to himself. If he gets involved in the passing game like he was in the preseason, and I'm not betting on this, which is why he's not higher, that'll, that should raise him a lot. I think there's a higher floor for sure. We haven't seen a lot of him. He's a pretty good runner for what I saw last year, even with a pretty bad situation uh, in terms of the offensive line. I think the defense will be worse too. He's a tough one for me. I like the talent, but... I've been wrong on guys like him before, and I wonder if I'm wrong on him now, and he should be lower. I wonder if Malcolm Brown will take over more. I wonder if Selvin Ahmed is better than I'm giving him credit for. It's definitely a little bit tougher, but I'm still probably taking him where he's being drafted, honestly, which I think where I have him ranked just about. Rounding out the tier, pick number 28, or rank number 28, is Kareem Hunt, who is a, probably a top 10, top 15 running back on his own, but he's the clear backup to... Um, What's his name? God, I mentioned him in the beginning. I'm so dumb. Nick Chubb. He is the obvious backup there, who catches the ball more than Chubb, too, which is nice. You know, it's good to see half-point PPR. He's still probably valuable as a standalone asset. They like to use both of them. They've got a great offensive line, like I mentioned before. They've got a really good defense. He'll get used. I just have him ranked here because what's his ceiling? His ceiling is the guy in front of him gets hurt, and he's great like it was last year. But I'm not counting on it, and that's why he's not ranked higher than, like, Melvin Gordon, Gaskin, Javante Williams, all those guys. Because I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure. Melvin Gordon could take over the entire year. Javante could take over earlier than I'm expecting. But Kareem Hunt, squarely the number two. 
behind your boy, the best running, second best, third best running back in the NFL, Nick Chubb. And that's probably not going to change, honestly, but still gets catches, which is nice. All right, moving on to the next tier, pick number or rank number twenty-nine. I have Ronald Jones, Zach Moss, James Conner, Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, and Damian Harris. Um, yeah, we'll start with Jones. The reason I don't have him higher, I really like the talent, is because teams are stupid. Like, the Jaguars were stupid, and Tampa Bay were, were stupid. They just run Leonard Fournette. They don't care. They're like, I don't give a fuck. I'm running him whenever the fuck I want to, and we'll do whatever we want. And I'm like, dude, Ronald Jones is such a better running back than Leonard Fournette, who runs into his lineman half the time, and any other half of the time just destroys people because he's a wrecking ball. Which I guess some coaches might like. It might be cool to wear down a defense that way, but Ronald Jones is just the better running back. Leonard Fournette also can catch the ball. Which is surprising, because no one ever would have said that with him coming out of college, but he has an 100 reception year under his belt. Um, yeah, kind of cringe for people not to talk about that, that. He's just a better receiver, which is probably why he might not be going away. Um, but Ro Rojo is a better talent. Hoping he gets better at this stuff this year. I really like the talent. He's obviously a better running back in the pure running back sense than Leonard Fournette, which is why I haven't ranked higher. But I can't get Rojo any higher than this. This is as high as I can get him. If he's not involved in the passing game, people will still use Leonard Fournette. He just can't go any higher. Uh, Zach Moss is pretty much higher, a lot higher than, you know, looking at him. Devin Singletary, I've ranked 41st, and I have Zach Moss number 30. I think Zach Moss is better, but I don't think Devin Singletary is dead. And this is just a complete split backfield, probably. I I'm just not interested in probably in any of this. Um, it's possible if the Bills are making a playoff push, they even trade one of these guys away. Uh, or trade for a running back or any of this stuff happening. These guys could be moved. I'm not sure how... I don't know. Zach Moss seems to be the new hotness, which I'm kind of buying into. Maybe I'm buying into the hype a little bit too much. Not, not a huge amount of hype, because no one really talks about Buffalo running backs, but I don't hate Zach Moss. I don't really hate Devin Singletary, even though they're 10-11 picks apart. I think they're kind of, maybe could be better than Jags, but right now they're probably just fine guys who are going to split, and I'm not really interested in the Buffalo offense outside of the pass catchers, really. So, whatever. Uh, James Connors next. He is going to be the starting running back, I think. Chase Edmonds has a really, really, um, I think low floor because of his catching ability. I think it's what he'll do mostly, but he has like no ceiling for me. He's <laughs> a guy who I think has had a lot of opportunities and hasn't done it, and I don't really see him putting it together. Not a huge fan of the film. Chase Edmonds isn't there for me. Other people really want to believe in him. Go ahead, do it. I won't be there with you. Uh, sorry, I think James Conner is a better pure running back, and I think they'll want to use him more. Uh, Kenyon Drake, Hopefully, he catches the ball a lot, and that'll be where his value is, but other than that, he's the number two behind Josh Jacobs, and he should stay that way. He might get some work in there, but to the tune of maybe five to seven attempts a game, maybe, hopefully he catches the ball, then maybe he'll be useful. Otherwise, you know, this could be a really bad rank, and he could be a lot lower. But they did sign to a deal, which I think, you know, should show that they want to use him this year. I mean, I'm hoping they make a playoff push. Uh, Las Vegas, I think they will be, so... That's probably why they signed him. Now, Damian Harris at 34, rounding out the end of this tier, probably is a little bit low for people, I think, but I don't really care. Damian Harris is a New England running back. I think he's a very good New England running back. I still think they'll use Ramondre Stevens. I still think they'll use James White. If they have any other running back on their roster, I still think they'll use him, which is fine. I, I don't think that's... I, I think that's the way the NFL should play it. You shouldn't draft running backs in the first round. You shouldn't sign running backs to free agents unless it's maybe in, like, a Kenyon Drake deal, which I didn't hate that much. Um, and you should use as many as you can because they're replaceable for the most part, especially on a New England line that has been dominant for pretty much as long as Belichick has been there, I think, honestly. 
they've got a great line. They always have had one, and they kind of probably always will. Um, I like Damian Harris as a talent. I think he was pretty good at Bama. I think I saw a decent amount of good stuff on film, but he's a New England running back, and I'm not using that as a lazy argument because I think people will use it as a lazy argument, but there are other guys there that I don't hate. I didn't hate Sonny Michelle when he was there. I thought he would have gotten involved a decent amount there. That's why I didn't rise too much in my rankings, but yeah, I, he has a really high ceiling, like maybe even a higher ceiling than Michael Carter, Javante Williams, Gaskin, maybe, but his floor is New England running back. And I'm not willing to take like an eighth round pick on that. Mostly because I, I drafting receivers at that point, honestly. But yeah, I'm just not I'm I'm not super interested in Damian Harris. I think he's a pretty good running back. But I can't get him a lot higher than this because I don't know how New England is gonna shake out. I don't I have no idea, and you don't know either. So stop pretending like you do. Please stop. <laughs> Alright. That is the end of that tier. Now we're on to number 35, Gus Edwards. Then followed up with Leonard Fournette, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, Philip Lindsay. Gus Edwards, I like the talent. He's just the backup there. And the backup for Baltimore gets 10 carries a game, maybe, especially when they're winning. So he could be useful. But he's kind of just a handcuff, and you never really want to start him unless you're in deep leagues, which is fine. That's kind of where we're at here. He's a low floor. He's probably around his floor anyway, and I think he'll probably stay there. But the potential is, you know, he somehow beats out Dobbins for the role, or Dobbins gets hurt, or maybe they do more of a 50 50 split, but I don't think so. I still like the talent, though. All right, next up, Leonard Fournette. He'll catch the ball, and teams still use him, so he's still valuable, I think. That's all I have to say about Leonard Fournette. He's not a good runner. He runs into his line way too much. The vision is total crap. He can break tackles. He's a strong dude, but if you can't see your way through your line, I don't think you're a good running back, and I just don't think he's a good running back. All right, Raheem Moster is up next. Uh, San Fran, just like New England, I don't know what the fuck is going on there. I think I might like Trey Sermon more than I like Raheem Moster, honestly, even though I don't have it ranked that way. But I just, I'm going to go with the incumbent kind of for San Fran and just say he's the best running back there, but I'm not even sure I believe it. And I'm not sure anyone can believe it. I, I don't know if anyone actually believes this stuff or, or, or they're just saying it. And this just ranked this way because that's what it is. I think we're just going with the incumbent here for San Fran. I don't really like the talent here for Raheem Mostert. They use a billion running backs. Not really interested. That's why he's ranked so low. I'm not getting him, and I think that's fine. All right, so now Michelle is up next. I like the talent. He was ranked just around here, kind of, when we had uh, him in New England. And, yeah, he's still pretty talented. He just needs to get up to speed. He's a bigger dude. I think the injuries probably have taken a toll, so he won't be as good as he was his rookie years, but he had, like, two, two 900-yard years, then, like, a 400-yard year, or maybe it's three 900-yard years. He still rushed a bunch. I think he'll be valuable when he gets on the field with the Rams. I think the Rams will want to use two running backs, and I think that's fine. Rounding up the tier is Philip Lindsay, the best Houston running back, and we'll talk about the second best one in a second, but he's the best Houston running back. He's going to get most of the of the carries. He's been a 1,000-yard running back already. I, I think he could do it again on Houston, even though they're not a very good team, or at least combined, for sure. He'll get involved more than the other running backs, and I like the talent there. Just hope he doesn't get hurt. That happened last year. It was bad. He's a small running back. I get it. I do. All right. Next here. Let's do it. Yeah, Um. so we're at the pass an hour mark, so I think we're going to have to do receivers, tight ends, and um, DSTs tomorrow. Or possibly the next day. I'm going to put this one on, I think, Friday, because it's taking a little bit for me to get this one actually done. So I'll probably see this Friday, the 27th of August. Then I'll look to record another one on Sunday, maybe? 
just finishing out the wide receivers and all that stuff. But anyway, let's get through all the stuff I want to talk about the rest of these guys. Number 40, my tier 10, starting with David Johnson, then Devin Singletary, then Naheem Hines, J.D. McKissick, A.J. Dillon. All right, David Johnson. <laughs> Traded by the old regime, got here through the old regime. Kind of was a plotter before this, really don't like the film. Could be used more as a, I don't know, like, third down bruiser even? I, I don't know what David Johnson is right now. It's kind of weird. And Houston's a bad team. And he's not as young or as good as Philip Lindsay, I don't think. But you can still remember those years where he's, he was very good. And if you want to take a shot on him, go ahead. I'm not stopping you. He's not free. I think he's going a little bit early. I think unless he's around pick 100 in a lot of stuff I've seen. I'm not really interested in him there, but if you want him, go ahead and take him. He's done well in the past. We're at a point where we're reaching for guys, and it's fine. Devin Singletary, I mentioned a little bit before. I think the gap might be a little bit closer here, but I, at least in talent from 41 to 30. But I think they use Zach Moss more, probably be used more in the passing game. Singletary kind of feels like he's falling out of favor there, and I kind of believe it because they're both kind of jags, I think. At least currently, maybe one of them proves himself this year, and I could see one of them doing it. They both have a lot of break tackles, which I like to see. But, you know, it's a Buffalo running game. I think they'll pass a lot. I don't really like it that much. All right, Naheem Hines is up next. Like I mentioned before, with my boy JT, Jonathan Taylor. He is... Naheem Hines was good last year. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was good. He got a lot of targets. He'll probably catch... I want to say, like, at least 50 balls this year. He'll probably be targeted at least 60 times this year. Uh, 60, 70, maybe, even. I, I like the talent here. He's going to eat into that JT share, and it's not going to be good for him. And they need to use him, or else they're making mistakes if they don't. And we'll see also a reason why he's a little bit lower on here, too, is because of Carson Wentz. I'm not really sure where Wentz is going to be throwing the ball. Is he going to be more downfield? Are we going to see the more tight end action? Are we going to see the running backs again? I don't know. And that's also why J.D. McKissick is low right behind him, too. I love the talent. He just like Naheem Hines. I don't know why people think he's just bad and that the other running backs are going to get all the carries and they're going to get all the work and this is suddenly 2005 and we only have run one running back that does everything. When you have specialists like Naheem Hines and J.D. McKissick on teams, you use them like they should be used as catching running backs. And that's what they did last year and that's what they'll do this year. And again, like Naheem Hines, they're going for more quarterbacks so I think check the ball down a lot more to quarterbacks who probably want to stretch the field more. And I think that's bad for both of them, and that's why I'm not as high as I was last year on them. But I like J.D. McKissick. I do. You can convince me if he's getting the same amount of targets, which, I mean, he got 100-plus last year. If he gets the same amount, he's going to be better than this ranking, and I'll egg on my face, and I'll accept it because I still like the talent there, just like I like Naheem Hines' talent. All right, closing out the tiers, A.J. Dillon. I talked about him taking over for my man, my dude Reno, A.A. Ron Jones. The reason he's not higher... And I do like him is because I still don't think he'll take over enough of the role for him to be valuable, even if it does hurt Aaron Jones more. You know what I mean? I also like Kylan Hill a lot. I think he's a, kind of a different runner than A.J. Dillon. There's a lot of factors going on here. I, if A.J. Dillon was the sole running back there, I would put him in the same place as I currently... He'd be number 16 for me. I'd put him in the same place as Aaron Jones. He's a great running back. If he gets the full load, kind of like a... Derek Henry Light, like I mentioned before, if he gets a lot of carries, I think he'll be very good. But without that, I'm not so sure he's as good. Still will get usage, though. I think I think he'll still get a bunch of usage, but I'm probably out on him a little bit if he's going where I think he's going around pick 100-ish. Yeah, just not... I, I think there are better values I can invest in. All right, 45, moving on to my next tier list. We have Latavius Murray, Kenneth Gainwell. All right, here's the guy in Philly. Got it. Trey Sermon, Khalil Herbert. Yeah, I'm ranked similarly. Um, and Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison close out the tier. 
Back up Latavius Murray, back up Kenneth Gamewell, back up Khalil Herbert, back up Tony Pollard, back up Alec Alexander Madison. This is kind of where I have handcuffs dudes here. I think Latavius Murray is a very good handcuff. I think Kenneth Gamewell is a really good handcuff. I think Khalil Herbert's a really good handcuff. I love these rookie running backs, Kenneth Gamewell and Khalil Herbert. They were like five and six in my rookie rankings. I Or maybe even four, I think. <sighs> nope, it was Khalil Herbert was in front of Travis Etienne in my rookie running back ranks. So... Yeah, that probably says uh, <laughs> that probably says some stuff about him, right? Um, but Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison, probably better running backs than I have them ranked. Obviously, actually, I should probably say, obviously better running backs than they have them ranked. But they're clear backups. You know, Madison, I think, has a better... Um, I, I think he has a better chance of getting involved because of Cook's injury history, but... Maybe Pollard is just a better running back, and they want to give Zeke a little bit of a break. It's possible. Okay, yeah, so I'm sorry. I had Khalil Herbert number four in front of Travis Etienne, then Kylan Hill, then Kenneth Gamewell. So that's on my rookie rank sort, and I'll stick by those for sure. Uh, the one guy that you noticed I didn't mention is Trey Sermon, who is in this tier as well. I had him, now that I have this pulled up, he was my 12th running back right behind Ramondre Stevenson. Um, People seem to like him a lot, and rewatching his film stuff at Ohio State, I was... Intrigued, to say the least. I'm not going to be drafting him 80 overall, or wherever the fuck he's going right now, which is, I think, around 80 overall. I'm not drafting him there, because it's San Fran's backfield, but, man, if he falls to where I'm looking at, guys like Devin Singletary, David Johnson, Naheem Hines, Shane McKissick, AJ Dillon, Latavius Murray, backups like Pollard, Clay Herbert, I might take a shot on him, but I have to be a little bit cognizant of my rankings being, like, in the middle, too. I'm not sure what's going to happen with San Fran. They have a lot of running backs that I like. They have Jeffrey Wilson coming back. They have... God, what's it? Wayne Gallman. They have Raheem Mostert. They have a lot of guys. I, I don't know where they're going to go with this, so I can't rank them highly with any confidence, and that's why it's not there. But I'm intrigued. I will say that. I will say I am very intrigued by Trey Sermon. That's pretty much how I feel. All right, we're getting close to the end of it here. We've got number 51, Michael Pirine. Uh, then Wayne Goldman, Selvin Ahmed. Oh, we got the, this. Okay, this last tier, last 10 players here is my tier 12, so the rest of us will just go through the rest of it real quick. Michael Pirine, Wayne Goldman. Salvin Ahmed, Malcolm Brown, Ramondre Stevenson, Tevin Coleman, Jamal Williams, Joshua Kelly, uh, Anthony McFarland, and I seem to have Jamal Williams on here twice, so I will need to correct that. Uh, I'll probably throw in... Do I have Kylan Hill in here? I'll probably throw Kylan Hill in here then. Or maybe like Chuba Hubbard as like backups guys that I don't hate, and you know, Christian McCaffrey was hurt last year, so maybe Chuba gets involved. We'll see. Uh, but anyway... Let's see, Michael Pirine and Tevin Coleman. Look, I love Michael Carter, I do, but maybe these guys get some work. It seems like a Michael Pirine, who's also a fourth-round pick, like Carter was the year before. I think he's not that bad, but he's not as good as Michael Carter. There's there's just no doubt in mind. I don't think I think Michael Pirine kind of got a bad uh, rap last year, or the year before. I think he was drafted a little bit later than he should have been. Florida running back was pretty good there, what I like to see. I, I saw a lot of things I liked, but Carter's in another, another area for me. He's just in another dimension for me. Um, but Pierre Ryan might be good around the goal line. I, I think I've heard rumor Jets speak reporter talk about that. He's not going to be fantasy relevant, but you know, maybe just like Tevin Coleman, maybe they were good. In, he was good in the past. Maybe the injuries haven't affected him as much as they should, as much as we think they should have. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Wayne Goldman, like I mentioned before, San Fran running back. I don't hate him. He's fine. He's pretty much a Jag, but San Fran turns Jags like Raheem Mostert into stars. Maybe who knows? Uh, Selvin Ahmed, Malcolm Brown, just backups for Gaskin that need to be included, that probably need to be rostered, because 
I just I just don't know. It, it might be a three-headed horse. It, three-headed horse? Three-headed monster? Uh, three-headed horse would be kind of weird. I don't think that's an expression. Um, yeah, Malcolm Brown, Selman Ahmed. They'll be used, I think. I just don't know how. I just don't know how much. They're probably more handcuffs. I think I like Sullivan better than Malcolm Brown, but then I've got Ramondre Stevenson, who's a New England running back, who had a really big run, and that's about it in the preseason. There was some hype that I'm pretty sure it died down just as soon as it started up. He's a fourth-round pick. Patriots use a lot of running backs. In best ball, I like I like taking him. He's fine, but yeah, I'm not really interested in him otherwise. Uh, I think I think it should be Harris's backfield, but Stevenson will get some looks. White will get some looks. Other running backs on our team will get some look that I don't have offhand, but I probably should look up, which I will real quick. But, you know, other guys will get looks. There will be guys there. It's New England. We know this. This is not... This shouldn't be news to anyone, honestly. Um, let me, let me just check the running backs real quick on here. Ow, actually, not that... Oh, J.J. Taylor's still here, too, isn't he? Ah, very interesting. Don't hate J.J. Taylor. Yeah, we got James White, J.J. Taylor, Damian Harris, Brandon Bolden, and Ramondre Stevens as running backs. Definitely looks a lot better for Damian Harris than it does with Sonny Michelle there, I think. But maybe, you know, they have so many good running backs that they were going to cut one of them. They'd rather just get a draft pick out of it, which makes sense to me. And Sonny was the probably the best trade value you can get out there, for sure. So, makes sense to me. Um, Josh Kelly, I think, will be the LA Chargers running back that gets used there. So, he's obviously got to be involved. Anthony McFarland, like I said, I don't think Najee will take over completely. I don't think he's ready yet. I think he'll be good in a few years, maybe even two years, maybe even next year he could be really good. But uh, McFarlane will probably get some action. I think he's worth rostering, even as a handcuff. Uh, Jamal Williams, he's always been a backup. Is there really much else to say? I don't think he's shown me anything that says that he's going to be good. You know, maybe you don't believe in DeAndre Swift, and I could understand that a little bit. And you want Jamal Williams just to back him up? You know what? Do it if you want. That's totally your prerogative, and it's totally up to you, and I don't hate it. You know, these other backs are fine. All right, so I'm going to stop with quarterbacks and running backs. Whew, it's going to take a while to talk about running receivers, too. I have 78 of them. Um, do I do anything else? No, tight end should be pretty quick, and defenses should be pretty quick. Definitely quicker than quarterbacks and running backs, I think. Wide receivers should probably be a little bit quicker, too, honestly, because once you get into the late rounds, like Christian Kirk, Lazard... Jefferson kind of feels a little bit more like dart throws, I think. Only Zacchaeus. You know, kind of feels like dart throws. I don't really have much to say about them, but yeah, I, I, I think this was a good talk. I hope you y'all enjoyed this. I hope y'all listened for the second part of this. I didn't think I have to make two parts, but yeah, we're at an hour 13. By the time I'm done running backs, it might be an hour 45. I'd rather just make two episodes out of it, you know? Um, but thanks for tuning in. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening to the Bacon Games Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BGF Sports. And be sure to tune in next time.